As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Andrew, hit us with that Sif Spoil theme song for this week. I'm sailing away, <laughs> set an open course for England's my city, because I've got to be free love from it. these Nazis trying to shoot at me. <laughs> I love how you called England a city. <laughs> it's, it's a. There will be some young people out there who get that reference. <laughs> yeah. There's a song. There's a new song out where a rapper actually accidentally refers to England as his city. Nice. So that was a callback to that. I actually know England's not a city, people. <laughs> it was a callback, I promise. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome to the Sif Spoil for Dunkirk. Uh, we are excited to get into it. Uh, this is Sif Spoil, where the theme song is different every single week, because at least something should be a surprise. Yeah. But we're going to spoil everything else. Uh, we're going into Dunkirk, and if you haven't seen it, please stop listening, pause, hold on until you have, because a couple of reasons. Number one, we don't want to spoil the movie for you. Enjoy the movie yourself. Uh, number two, uh, we're not going to go in any particular order, so you'll probably be very confused, because we're going to be jumping all over the place. Although, Christopher Nolan does that himself in the movie, so <laughs> I don't know that, that the podcast will be any less confusing than dunkirk itself uh i guess we can start there because we mentioned it the time trick in this movie yeah it's i i I liked i liked again the effort i loved that he put right at the beginning you know the mole which is the beach you know um one week yeah he just said one week it didn't say say one week before or one no but see here's what he and then he said the the sea one day the air one hour. Yeah. Right? So basically what he's telling you by putting all that stuff right up front is the story you're seeing about these people takes place over one week. Yeah. The story you're seeing about these people takes place over one day. And the story you're seeing about the airplanes takes place over one hour. Yeah. And so then you're left going, oh, okay, how are these going to intersect? Like, when is this hour going to meet this day? And when is the, you know, that kind of stuff. And I just, overall... I think that's a great thing to shoot for. I thought it was really smart. It just he just didn't do a good enough job in my mind of putting it out there in a way that I could understand it. Like I could yeah. understand where I was. I I was really confused at a couple parts. There's no central point where you can go, okay, before and after. Right. Because you're like, well, if this doesn't intersect here, then when does it intersect? Because right. you're going to have to watch this movie 5 or 6 times to say Okay, so the scene I'm watching right now would be happening right here. I'm sure he knows the timeline in his brain. But we don't. But, but we don't. <laughs> we need some help. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's, again, there are parts of it that I like. think are clever. There's the sinking of the battleship 
where it's spilling out oil and oh, uh, at the very end. Yeah, and they're they floated out in their own ship that already is riddled with bullet holes, and so they're sinking. So then they're swimming towards. So you've got their perspective of swimming towards that sinking battleship and getting covered in oil. Then you've got the the ship coming in with the the I guess the personal ship coming in. Yeah. Um, we we can't Mark, re- we can't refer to characters because we don't know anybody's know. name. Mark Rylance. Yeah, Mark Rylance is the the main character where uh, the little boy dies. Yeah. I say little boy, fifteen year old. I think is what he was supposed to be, fifteen or sixteen, yeah. something like that. So young. <laughs> um, their ship is coming in to rescue those people, and also the plane. Uh, one of the planes that we start following yeah. has crashed there or, or near there. Yeah. So everything does kind of centralize in that that one event. Like all three timelines are there, but it's it's not totally clear how we're getting there and and then what happens after that. I was really confused about the Tom Hardy stuff sometimes. Like apparently Tom Hardy's plane doesn't need a propeller to fly. Well, that's a, that's a whole nother thing. At the end, it, it makes some sort of crazy turn that's actually not shown no it doesn't, it doesn't show. show anything it just wants to surprise you with that he shot down one last plane yeah without any kind of power but yeah he he hadn't had an engine for like a minute before yeah. then but he's able to turn the plane around yeah that's not a glider yeah <laughs> that's a plane yeah yeah that was a, that was a little weird yeah but i didn't understand because uh, the way it's jumping around i thought tom hardy's plane was going to do a crash landing in the ocean me too like that one scene and he says i guess he has other things to do or whatever and then i guess is when he goes to the beach but the way it's or like i couldn't my brain was just having a really hard time processing who was where and and what was going on when so maybe that's just me maybe i'm an idiot (laughs) no no, i'm I'm right there with you maybe we're both idiots actually um i think the movie was intentionally trying to do this but uh when, uh, the whenever you see uh, the destroyer at the end of the movie and there's the oil everywhere yeah. and you see a sinking ship next to it, I thought that that was going to be Rylance's ship that was sinking and the people were swimming right. away from it. It looked enough like it that you could have seen that, but then as yeah. soon as I saw it on the beach, yeah, I knew that like, was oh, the, ship. the ship. I recognized yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I knew that that was going to happen. There's also stuff with Killian Murphy's character where they find him on a boat like sitting on the back. How did he get there? Of a whole, they never show it. That was one of my. That was one of the things I. They ne- His character is not given a full story. Not that a lot of them are. Yeah. But but it's more frustrating with him because they also show him on the beach part. Yeah. Saving a couple of the boys by dragging them behind a lifeboat back to shore. And then they also after show a different him, ships. And sinks. then they show him on the lifeboat later. Did they show him on the lifeboat as well? Do you remember whenever they were after the like at night that one destroyer got dis- and it was sinking and they were trying to get out of that? Yeah, room? that's what I was talking about. Where he saved them, he dragged them behind the lifeboat back to shore. Yeah, oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they tried to climb in his lifeboat. And he, he said, and he was no, like, "No, don't get you don't on." Fit in, but then they like threw a rope out and they just like dragged them. I didn't see the rope. Sh- I guess. I guess it was just it was night, so I just didn't see the rope. I thought you just said you have life jackets, you can swim back, and I thought that's what he did. But then I'm like, so how did he get out? On another destroyer. On a different destroyer. That's what I was confused like, I'm Like, why didn't we... Like, that would have been... The, the, that would have been really interesting to see how he's sitting on the back, you know, of yeah. that ship that's just bobbing there. Exactly. By the propeller. And he's the only one. And he's the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I was confused by is... Uh, not confused by, but I had issue with is... It turns out that one of the characters we've been following this whole time is actually French. Yes. And uh, people are like, have you noticed that he hasn't said a single word this entire time? And I'm thinking, 
None no, of you have saying, said a single word this entire time. Nobody's really said much. I, I'm curious to know how many pages of dialogue there are in this movie. I don't know. I think Kenneth Branagh has the most dialogue in the movie. He also has the most scenes of looking off into the distance. Home. <laughs> home. He has like three or four different times where, where just we're just goes, watching him look at something yeah, in the distance. Home. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I did yes. get pumped. I did get pumped whenever he's looking through the binoculars and like, what do you see? And he just says, home. Mm-hmm. And you see all the little ships coming. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, no, that's great. That's but wonderful. then the movie just kind of ends. <laughs> I, I, okay, I will say there was one part of this movie that I never thought of like during war, but I really appreciated them actually doing it. And it's whenever Harry Styles and them, they're on the train uh, and they're reading the newspaper. And he's like, I don't want to read it. Because they feel like they let everybody down. Right. And that they failed England and that England is just going to be, and he says they're going to be spitting on us, they're going to be throwing stuff at us because we failed them. But they get back home and everybody's cheering for them. Yeah. And just look on his face like, wait, what? Yeah. You're proud of us, but we failed you. Yeah. He has that look like, we went through this whole thing, but at at the end of the day, we know we failed. Yeah. And I never thought of that before. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah, no, that was powerful. There are some powerful moments in here. They just yeah. deal with events, not people. And so we, you know, it's harder for me to personally kind of connect to events mm-hmm. as opposed to people. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know that there's really a lot else to spoil because again, there's not like a lot of story development with these people. So there's nothing really to spoil there. Yeah. Um, you know, other than just key moments that maybe you know we enjoyed or didn't enjoy. I liked the end of Tom Hardy's story. Being a POW now? Yes. I thought that was powerful. I thought that was an interesting kind of bitter you That know, was the first time we actually saw a German soldier. Did you know that? No, I didn't realize that, but that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I thought the intro was really powerful with them going, walking through the streets. And he just and wants to go escape. to the bathroom and he's yeah. just, no matter where he goes, tries to go to the bathroom, something's yeah. going on. And he has, yeah. oh, man, I gotta yeah. go somewhere else now. He wants to go to the bathroom in the kind of way where you gotta drop trowel. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. I like how he's picking up the propaganda. He's gonna use that as toilet, toilet paper. paper. <laughs> yeah. I like that. People, please realize we like the movie. <laughs> please realize that we liked the movie, but on the echelon of uh, Nolan movies, we don't think it's his best. I just think the decision, the purposeful decision he made impacted my enjoyment of the film in a negative way. Yeah. And Whereas other people are going to like it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Anything else you want to cover spoiler-wise? Just be uh, a quick sift spoil. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, it's going to be like a seven, eight-minute sift spoil. <laughs> that's fine. If yeah. we don't have anything else to say, it doesn't bother me. That's the, that's the thing with, like, uh, not documentaries, but historical reenactments. It's that you can't really spoil it because it's history. <laughs> So, what did you think about the the scene on the boat where they sneak onto the first escape boat? I can't, and they're getting jelly, like jelly, and on bread, and one of them stays outside because he doesn't trust going inside, and that turns out to be the right decision. Yeah, because he opens the door for them and lets once that you know, which the, was the French guy, right? Yes, yeah. and then he's the one that dies later, right? No, they all lived. I think did they? they? Who died in the? Who died in the fire? In, no, in the drowning of the ship that was being used for target. That was him. Yeah. That was him, yeah. I think that was him. Wow. So. Because it was him. It was our main, main... I don't, is there a main, main guy? The very first... Poop and propaganda guy. <laughs> he was uh, the guy who survived him and Harry Styles. Yeah. Because Harry Styles, we found out he survived because he was the one who announced that George was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our, our main... 
guy, the propaganda guy, was the guy they the last one they they were actually dragging behind the boat trying to lift him out of the oil. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm surprised as many of the people we were watching like our main people lived. Yeah, well, I I was surprised. I think you're supposed to be surprised by how many of all the people lived. You know, like they, that's they, the story. It's the miracle of Dunkirk. Is yeah, how many survived? Yeah, but at the same time. Hundred thousand of them didn't make it. Correct. And I think that I'm surprised that Nolan, being the storyteller he was, had so many of these people survive. We don't. I think. I think it's left up in the air that Tom Hardy's not meant to live. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, and we haven't also talked about the kid that I mean, I mentioned that he died, the 15 year old that died in yeah. the boat. That's a, Killian, that was a Killian Murphy killed him. Accidentally. Well, he pu- yeah, accidentally pushed him down the stairs and hit his head. I, that was the loss that I feel like I just I should have felt it more, but I just didn't. Yeah, I, I like again, it sounds we don't so know awful, enough about those characters. Right? To care I about just them. don't. I don't understand. Like I just am not connected to it enough. It's just a in. I don't know. Maybe Nolan's making some grand point about caring about humanity in general and not having to have those specifics. I don't know. But I just, as a human being, I think you, it's so much easier to connect when you have those things. Yeah. And maybe that's to you and I's detriment of <laughs> not being able to care about humanity in general. But it's a movie. It's not real life. Like if yeah. I see a stranger on the street that's going through something, I care about them as a human being. I'm yeah. going to do something, right? I don't need to know their backstory to care about them in real life. But when I'm watching a movie and I'm being told a story, it's just good storytelling to help me care, de- you know, care more deeply about them to tell me some of that stuff. Yeah. So, and I feel like this movie could have tweaked some of that really easily. I feel like it could have, you know, found a way here or there to have a conversation or have a moment where we, you know, start to understand these people better. But that definitely was not what he was interested in. Yeah. I do like how um, in the movie they, they touch on the fact that the soldiers were mad at the Air Force for not being there. That was interesting, yeah. And they were, when they really were there, and they're like, where were you? And he's like, I was out there. But then mm. uh, uh, what Ryan Mark, Lance's yeah. character was like, they know where you were. Yeah. These guys on the boat know where you were. Yeah, So exactly. I like that. Yeah, that was good. And I liked a lot of the dogfighting stuff. A lot of that dogfighting stuff that was, was the pretty, best part of the movie. pretty incredible stuff. Yeah. So, again, lots of amazing stuff here, visually, technically. I totally forgot that that uh that uh quad engine German uh thing had guns on the back. So whenever he went around the back and it started shooting back, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot the thing <laughs> had that, and it startled me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Just that sound design is so good. Yeah. Oh, oh the ticking stuka. clock. The ticking clock is what I, I I hesitated to to bring up specifically. There's a ticking clock throughout this entire movie up until the train ride. And it stops when they get into the town and they're being celebrated or whatever. And it's just this really interesting uh, psychological thing that happens with that sound Ticking effect. clock? Yeah, you didn't even notice it? No. It's through like the it, entire movie. There's a clock ticking? Didn't notice it. It's incredible. It's psychologically. Maybe, it's it, just, maybe it was one of those things that it just became white noise to me and I tuned it out and I, yeah. just, I didn't even notice it. Yeah, it's used very purposefully for that because it, it finishes... Right there at the end when they're on the train. Hmm. So, and, and there's like silence for the first time in the entire movie. Like even when they're, when, even when they're going through like the propaganda streets and everything that. I, I think so. Yeah. I really think so. Um, I, no- I noticed the clock whenever uh, Tom Hardy was looking at his watch and mm-hmm. it was ticking. Yeah. But other than that, I didn't notice it. Yeah. I, I, unless I, my mind's playing tricks on me. 
But that sounds cool, though. Yeah, I no. wish I would have noticed it. Well, but it's almost really cool that you didn't. You know what I mean? Like, just one of those things that's subtly in the background is influencing the tension in the, you know... Yeah, but I like to pick up on stuff like that. So. <laughs> that's well, a knock on me, not the movie. I hope people realize that. Well, there you go. There's some thoughts on... Uh, some spoilerish thoughts on Dunkirk. Um, you know what we didn't mention in the, the podcast that we should mention here uh, is we, whether or not you would recommend it. And I think that makes it easier for people to understand, you know, this is a good movie. Because what you what? I would. Yeah. I would too. Absolutely recommend it. Like I, this is one you should definitely see. I don't know if it's rewatchable though. Well, That's you need to rewatch thing. it for the ticking clock, if nothing else. Yeah, and I have to, <laughs> and I have to try and get that time frame, the timeline figured out. Yeah. I think it, for me, it was the beach thing lasting a week. I didn't understand how that could have lasted a week. It was like yeah. they, it was like two days. Yeah, it I didn't. Like I didn't understand day. that at all. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like if that had even if that had just said three days at the beginning instead of a week, I think it would have made more sense to be yeah. in my brain because I don't know how that time was spaced. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. I know they I know they went through night once. Did they go through night twice? I don't, I don't think remember so. them going through night twice. I don't either. So how is it a week? See, that's what I'm. If you're gonna say week, show the week. Yeah, don't show like two days of the week. Right. Yeah. It's just it just gets confusing. I'm right so. there with you. All right, there you go. Dunkirk, tip spoil. Next week, we've got uh, Atomic Blonde. Uh, I doubt we'll do spoilers on Emoji Movie. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be the Memento or it'll Shyamalan us somehow. <laughs> somehow. Yeah. M. Night's the Emoji Movie. It'll happen. All right. We'll check you out then. Um, you can check out, uh, again, our review of Valerian, if you want to check that out, by uh, supporting at the Patreon. That's in our pre-show that is available to supporters. So, But we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.